When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Shea Station Podcast. It is episode 119. It's Monday, December 12th. The Mets will not let us take a break. It's another new signing on the block. It happened on Saturday at midnight. Kodai Senga, the Japanese phenom ace, is a New York Met on a five-year deal. We're going to talk about it. We're going to tell you exactly who he is and what he brings to the table. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jack A.K. Jolly. Joining me from Ohio is Jerry Blevins. Jerry, how are we doing? I'm lovely. I, I like that the Mets don't give us a break. This is exciting, <laughs> man. Yeah, uh, the NL East is a powerhouse, and the Mets are staying a punch above. So uh, I love it, man. They're they're out to win, and they feel like they're doing it responsibly. Kodai Singa brings a whole new level of excitement, uh, which we'll get into. But I'm super, super excited. Yeah, the NL East is an absolute arms race. Whenever we add somebody, Philly adds somebody, and vice versa. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I think we're we're due for probably the best NL East race maybe in the existence of this division, which is very exciting and very scary because, you know, there's no guarantee that with all this money, the Mets come out on top on the other side, but they're doing everything they can to put themselves in the best position. And part of that was getting another starter for this rotation. Yeah, we talked about the need uh, for another starter, another established guy. Um, but this one comes with some fun. This has upside. This has excitement. This has Japanese star bringing in new fan base. Um, it's so fun. So, uh, I, again, this is Kodai Singa is an exciting player, uh, and I'm excited to cover him, man. Yeah, so he comes to us on a $75 million deal over five years, which is $15 million a year. A lot of people were thinking that this was a guy that could maybe get upwards of $90 million, maybe even a nine-figure deal considering his track record in Japan, and also considering what the Red Sox had given to Masataka Yoshida, another Japanese star, probably of less acclaim that got $90 million from Boston. Instead, he comes to the Mets uh, for this, I, I, you know, not cheap, but cheaper deal. And there's a lot of what ifs, a lot of pros and cons that come with Sanga, a lot to get excited about, a lot to say, hmm, what about this? But overall, I think this was a great deal for the Mets rotation that was kind of one piece away from really feeling complete. Yeah, this is like a third, fourth free agent starter contract yeah this is you know there's an opt-out after the 25 season um which we'll see but hopefully he play, he pitches so well that he is going to opt out that would be you know a plus a boon um he did come with some question marks he had a higher walk um percentage than some liked he's got four pitch arsenal but some are like not so great weapons there was questions on can he stay in the rotation does he have that killer mentality um, will he move to the bullpen? 
who knows? But I think, and you do as well, from from what I've heard uh, and us we've talked about, he has he has number one, number two potential. Yes. Uh, with his with his weapons, he throws a mid to high nineties fastball. Um, he's got this fork ball that that is seam shifted wake all these things that that go into it uh it's kind of a it'll be interesting to see how that transitions but i I like what he brings to the table i like his upside and it's a gamble that the mets can take because he slides behind right off the bat he's behind verlander and scherzer that's there's no doubt about that he's he's not gonna jump above them uh quintana he can slide behind and be just fine and he doesn't have the pressure of having to perform he has uh, the, the flexibility of figuring himself out, kind of getting uh, the ball rolling first and, and before he has to just be the superstar. So I think it's win-win for everybody. He wants to win a World Series, so he comes to a competitive team. He's in a big market because he's a superstar. Uh, and he's on a team where he doesn't have to be the ace. Uh, it's like win-win for everybody. Yeah, I definitely agree with a lot of what you said there. Um, so here's what we're getting into with Sanka. He's a four-pitch pitcher. As Jerry mentioned, he's an upper 90s fastball, and that's a long time of development as well. Back in 2013, about 10 years ago, Kodai Sanka debuted as a reliever throwing 92. So he's developed velocity over a long period of time while still maintaining that arm health. We, we know a guy who started to build up big-time velocity. Uh, he now pitches for the Rangers, uh, kind of a big deal. But we're familiar with him and we've seen it happen which is pretty cool uh he also brings that ghost fork ball that jerry mentioned to the table kind of a devastating splitter-esque pitch and the reason i'm excited about that is because the mets helped taiwan walker develop his slitter into a real out pitch last year and i'm hoping they can use some of that similar maneuvering with kodai senga for those who don't know the baseballs in japan are a little bit smaller so if you're gripping a splitter it's a little bit easier to grip because your fingers aren't going as far apart so senga will have to you know sort of transition to a newer baseball and MLB. Plus, Good. Plus they don't have to worry about grip or anything because right. their balls out of the package comes pre pre grippy. Yeah. Uh, Major League Baseball can't figure out they can't figure out how to use only one baseball to deeper dive later. Oh yeah. But uh, it'll be an interesting transition to see how the baseballs um, transition for him, how they feel in his hand. Yeah. Uh, and move forward. He's also got a great hard cutter, which is sort of a soft contact pitch, and he's got good Mets infield defense behind him. That's kind of a match made in heaven there. And then also a sweeping slider. Uh, You mentioned the walks were kind of an issue in Japan prior, and that's uh, pretty true. Uh, In 2020, it got as bad as an 11.3 walk percentage. It's come back down a little bit more to earth at 8.5. But if that were to translate directly into MLB, this would be one of the highest walk percentages up there with guys like Charlie Morton and Dylan Cease, who are still successful pitchers that work around those walks. Dylan Cease, uh, a Cy Young candidate. So I think that's okay. You You can get it done. He's absolutely filthy. Uh, uh, there's things to work on that. This is yep. why you get him at 15 mil a year. Um, there, there are some question marks, the, the walk percentage, the pitch arsenal. Um, he's 30, uh, coming off. Like you talked about, he built up, like there's just, he's not a guaranteed number two starter. So I think it works in, in everybody's favor. Yeah, the Mets are betting on some upside here, and I want to take you guys a little bit down memory lane because a lot of people are saying, well, why did this guy get $75 million if there's so many question marks? You know, it wasn't too long ago that the Yankees inked Masahiro Tanaka to a deal that was over $120 million over six years. 
Tanaka had a similar trajectory rising through NPB and becoming the best pitcher over there. His numbers at the end are a little bit more, wow, jump off the page in comparison. But Kodai Singa had a 1.89 ERA in NPB last year, and you're getting him for about $50 million less than the Yankees signed uh, Tanaka for. They're not the same pitcher, but the point is, if you're trying to get this long-time ace at this cheaper price where you're kind of betting on the upside, this is a great deal if you're looking at the outlook of it. Because like Jerry said, this is a guy that has has ace potential. There were a lot of teams that were very, very interested in Kodai Senga, and he said from the outlook, because he didn't have this posting fee and could take his time with his contract, he wanted to play for a winning team, and he wanted to play for a team that is developing pitchers and helping guys get better, and I think the Mets fit both of those bills. Yeah, I think you're, his 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 increase in velocity over the years uh, shows that he's dedicated to his craft, to, to the way he goes about his work, work ethic, gym, all the above, I think. Um, is good for the Mets moving forward. A guy that wants to get better at his craft. He's not saying, I, I, this is who I am. I can't change. Uh, he's excited. He wants to get better. The Mets can develop some pitching. It's exciting. Uh, he wanted to come over two years ago. He wanted to be posted. The posting thing is, if a quick recap is sure. like, he becomes a certain age. The team can say, hey, you guys want to get him? You got to pay us $50 million, and then you can sign the contract. So it kind of comes prepackaged. Well, his professional team in Japan refused to, to post him because they wanted to keep him for those extra two years. And now he's an unrestricted free agent, no draft pick, no bonus money uh, to his team. He's just a free agent, which is excellent for him. And he comes at a cheaper cost for the New York Mets. Yeah, his team, the SoftBank Hawks, which uh, if I were to draw a comparison, they're essentially the dynasty Yankees of the NPB right now. They've won six Japan series in the past eight or so years. Uh, they're notorious because they've never posted any of their players because they love their guys and they want to keep them. But that also meant that down the line, Senga would get this opportunity where he is an international free agent, no restrictions, can kind of go about his business. He could have drawn this market out a lot longer, too. He could have been you know, the last starting pitcher on the board after a guy like Rodon and Manaya signed last night. Instead, he found a destination that he liked with us, which I really appreciate because I'm very excited to see him pitch, and I've done my research on him. And there's a lot to like. We talked about kind of the caveats of his game, but that 1.89 ERA from last year, he's good for, you know, 130 to 140 innings pretty much every year. He's had that track record since uh, an injury back in 2015 with some right shoulder inflammation. They've built him up. They've protected him. You know, he's pitched in that playoff atmosphere with the uh, SoftBank Hawks going to the playoffs and winning the Japan Series what seems like every single season. And he's, there's just a ton to like about Kodai Senga. I'm a big upside guy with Kodai Senga, and I'm really eager to see what he does in his first year. Yeah, me too. Uh, I'm excited to, to see what he brings to the table. I'm excited for Mets fans. Like, again, I've played with uh, some some Japanese players, and it just adds an element in the clubhouse because you have the whole Japanese media um, covering it. You've got extra fans. The Japanese fans come out in droves. It's just a more uh, another layer of excitement around the team. Um, it's it's amazing. Like yeah. uh, it, it's a it's a great sign. The fact that he signed early shows me that the Mets pursued him, and he was excited for the opportunity to get better. Um, to be in an organization in this in New York, like it's it it's just I'm pumped. I'm pumped to see what what happens uh, from a media coverage standpoint to 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 butts in the seats to to see what he does on the field, especially. So yeah, and I, I love, love that. I love Japanese baseball. I love Japanese culture, and uh, bringing over a superstar is, is exciting. 
Yeah, I love that you brought up the uh, the Japanese market aspect of it because we kind of saw that with the Angels. You know, when Otani came over, their market for Japanese fans, Japanese baseball drove through the roof. And I'm hoping a similar thing happens with the Mets. And now you're in a position where, one, you filled out your entire rotation with major league caliber proven starters aside from Senko, who's, you know, that oddball, that what if, but Verlander, Scherzer, Quintana, Carrasco, and now Senga. And you're operating where if Senga lands at this three, like we are assuming he will, you have a guy in Quintana who had a 2.9 ERA last year as your number four. You have Cookie Carrasco who gave you 28 starts and an ERA under four as your five, the anchor of the rotation. And then, of course, the AL Cy Young at the top and Max frickin' Scherzer ahead of Senga. This is a very different looking rotation, but it's a very exciting rotation. Yeah, uh, not to mention, so there's there's question marks about Japanese starters coming over because of workload. They pitch once a week. Um, I believe that's the same rotation that he was on. He pitched, right. you know, they don't play as many games as often, not as many teams. Um, so workload is there. Plus we have the aging Verlander Scherzer. So I, I could see us using Peterson and McGill more often, you know, than than what your traditional five-man rotation is. I could see them mixing in quite a bit, not to mention Joey Lucchese and, and whoever we bring in. Um, but it looks formidable on paper. It looks yeah. very formidable. Um, again, it's just uh, what, what he's done in his career coming over to the U.S. Um, there was issues about control, but his last couple of years, it looks like he's figured some things control out I think um, it's just pretty exciting. I think his his whip has been under a one, two the last couple of years, which yep. is exciting because it shows you, or under a one two his whole career, it shows you that he's he's effective. Um, plus, a big fastball plays anywhere. So yeah, uh, he led the NPB with 227 strikeouts in 2019. Uh, between 2020 and 2021, they had a full season in 2020. Uh, they He had a 2.41 ERA in 242 innings. And then last year, which is sort of acting as his contract year, was definitively the best of his career. 148 innings, a 1.89 ERA, 1.04 whip, 159 punch outs, 23 games started. Um, load managing is going to be a part of it for, I think, all of these starters. And that's why the Mets have really built solid depth behind these guys. You have David Peterson, Tyler McGill, Jose Budo. Joey Lucchese, Elisa Hernandez. These are guys that, you know, you wouldn't want in the projected starting five, but can give you a major league start. And with guys like Verlander, who's touching 40 now, Max Scherzer had some injuries last year. Senga, we haven't seen him throw over 150 innings since 2019. Uh, Carlos Carrasco had some injury troubles uh, last year as well. These are important guys to have behind them that can fill in and take a spot start and give you the innings you need to go the full 162 stretch and keep your five healthy and ready to go in October. Yeah, again, it's it's a it's a wonderful place to be in with the New York Mets. This offseason has been fantastic so far from you know, I th- what do you report? Pitchers and catchers, how far away? 64 days. 64 days, that's a long time and they already have kind of an establishment in place. This is a big difference between the the lockout shortened, you know, spring training hiring Buck Showalter quickly, um, adding guys like it, it was chaos at the end. Whereas now we're kind of out the, at the front, right out the gate, feeling secure. This allows organization to set things up moving forward, to talk, to get the, the, 
the medical team in on what's going on now to get the the training room, the training staff, the the weight room people, the everything all moving forward in the same direction early. Super exciting. Yeah. And you had mentioned a lot in previous episodes about, you know, not jeopardizing the future of the Mets, building sustainability. And I think that's a big piece of this signing because a lot of the remaining starting pitchers outside of Carlos Rodon, who's the last big fish, who I think the Mets are probably out on this at this point. I think it's safe to say. Outside of those guys, you have Nate Evaldi, who was a QO guy. You have uh, Zach Greinke, who, you know, age question mark there. I don't think you want to do another starting pitcher on top of Scherzer and Verlander. You have Michael Walker, qualifying offer guy. And then after that, it's Chris Bassett. And we don't really know what the plan is with Chris Bassett. His market's pretty big. Another qualifying offer guy. But the point is, the Mets didn't trade any of their prospects, and they only... Did they lose any picks through any of their signings? I don't believe that they did. I don't think so. Because Verlander think lost was anything. last year, and yeah. Quintana, I don't think, got qualifying offered. So they didn't lose any of their competitive balance picks either. In fact, they gained from the DeGrom signing with Texas. So that's all yeah, they did. And they would gain if Bassett signs elsewhere, too. Exactly. So this, this has been, like uh, again, strategic. These signings are short-term and long-term. They're short-term contracts to bridge a gap to uh, to field in a really exciting championship-caliber team, but it also feels like all right, this is where we are on the major league side. We're not we're not leveraging our future to do now, so we're going to go high AAV now. But I think on the other end, on the backside, they are building the minor league system, trying to start to develop to do that Tampa the New York or the San Francisco Giants, the the, the LA Dodgers, we're going to develop guys that are going to be superstars as well. So it feels like twofold. It, it's, <laughs> it's like a too good to be true tale of everything thinking, because you have a team, there's no tanking in the New York Mets. There's no, he, Uncle Steve will not allow tanking, which is what a lot of these teams are doing to build for the future. They're like, we'll just, sacrifice right now the cubs are doing it one of the biggest marketing market teams out there that that sell out all the time that they're making money hand over fist they're not in on any of these guys they get their name attached to appease the fan base but they're not going to sign any of the big names um because they want to tank to build up the those draft picks and the mets aren't doing that and i am so appreciative and I hope the fans are appreciative and show up, and I imagine they will start to fill those seats on a regular basis at City Field because you have to be – this is best-case scenario for you if you're a fan of the New York Mets or a fan of baseball. Win now, but also build for the future without any sacrifice in between. It's yeah. a wonderful formula. I hope it works out because it feels – like the right thing to do. Yeah. And one last thing I want to say is, you know, pretty much once the wild card loss happened and we kind of, you know, grieved and we processed it, the focus became, oh crap, we have this huge free agent class. What are the Mets going to do? What's the plan? They have to act quickly. In tw- at the end of 2023, regardless of what happens, there's not a ton of question marks with the team. You have Scherzer for that third-year possibility, which I'm assuming he'll opt into seeing what this team is doing. Verlander has the second year. Quintana has the second year. Kodai you have for the foreseeable future. So there's no rotation questions. A lot of the position players are still going to be locked up. The Mets aren't going to have this same looming you know, offseason hovering over them throughout the entirety of the regular season. Yeah, when's McNeil up? McNeil is up, I think, 2025, but I'm going to check for you yeah. right now. So that's kind of, that feels like the, the yep. time that Alonso, McNeil, 
you know, that wave of like older 2025 for Alonzo as well. But again, the, the, those are two homegrown guys. So hopefully they've got guys behind Alvarez will be in his stride. Like there's, there's a lot of promise in both this year, the next couple of years and looking in the future, because again, it just feels like they've had an idea and they're implementing their plan. Um, and I, I'm, I'm very, very grateful to cover this team, to be a part of like this fan base, because it feels it's a lot more fun. I, I talked to, to Neil Walker uh, about the, the pirates and what they're doing. And it, that's a different, that's a whole different animal. Yeah. Uh, I, I get to cover this. This <laughs> very blessed. Yeah, definitely. So, and you know, it's just, it seems like it's so much harder and I, I don't want to say harder because any ownership group can do what the Mets are doing with the money that they have. But for the lower market fan bases, it's become the disparity is becoming huge now because Steve Cohen is doing things that haven't been done in any sports league, just completely blowing past attacks named after him in order that was implemented to try and stop this. And it's not stopping him at all. In fact, it's just making him stronger, I guess. See, I don't I don't understand why other owners I guarantee you he is getting cold shouldered yeah. uh, grumbling from the other owners because they don't want that money to be spent but he's not a lot of them voted to try and make sure he didn't own the team too that's it they were scared of this yes. and 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 it's it's i don't understand why you don't want this in your league it's good for everything yep. this is what teams should be doing if you can they're not the market is the market they're not he didn't give Justin Verlander 5 years to come to new york nope he didn't overpay um it's a short term thing if you don't want to if you want to get a Chris Bassett, go get a Chris Bassett. If you want to get uh, Sean Manaya for two years, go go get Sean Manaya. If you want Carlos Rodon, you want to do traditional, do that. He's not breaking any rules here. Nope. He's doing it smartly, and you should be using it as an example instead of instead of being angry about it. Hard agree, and I think that's probably what Senga and his team saw with the Mets and wanted to come over. I think that this Senga signing might not happen without the prior dominoes falling before Senga and Verlander and Quintana and Nimmo's resigning and Robertson. I think if you don't make this flurry of signings and demonstrate that you're trying to win a World Series now and build a product for the future at the same time, that maybe he might go elsewhere because there's plenty of destinations that would have made a lot of sense for Kodai Senga. To, to me, it starts with Max Scherzer, yep. that signing, because yep. that was like a shock for me because I know Scherzer's competitiveness and he was looking, he was out there could have signed back with the Dodgers, could have went anywhere. Yep. And he sat down with, with Steve Cohen and said, Steve said, this is what we want to do. This is my vision. This is our vision for the future. You would be a big part of that recruitment because everybody knows who Max is, what he represents, and that the pieces are starting to fall. It's incredible. It's really, really, really exciting to, to watch. Um, it may not work out perfectly, you know they had a great team last year, won 101 games, didn't yep. win the didn't win the NL East, lost in the in the wild card round. It looks great moving forward, but the the Phillies got a lot better, and the Braves are still the Braves. Yep. We'll see what they do. They need a shortstop. They do. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's 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 a it's a safe place and a safe time to be a Mets fan. Couldn't have said it better myself, and I think. Hopefully. I mean, we said this last episode, so maybe I shouldn't even say this, but I think are the Met, are the Mets done? Are they done? 
I don't think they're they're not done. They're never done. But are they done with like the big boys, the big signings? The only thing I can see happening, it not a big signing, a big trade. If they go mm. to try to upgrade some power somewhere, Maybe. if they move McCann in a contract or get rid of, or, you know. I don't want to put it into fruition, but a David Peterson trade or a Tyler McGill There's trade. There's been talks about Carlos Carrasco as well. That's a one-year, yeah, $14 to million upgrade, deal. to get some power into this lineup, figuring something out there. I, I don't know what's going to happen, but um, I don't see them. They're not going to sign Rodon. No, I don't think so. Um, that, you know, that was Singa. Singa's got Rodon upside, but yeah. at a much cheaper price tag. Um. I don't, you don't see think them they're doing, doing anything else. Who okay. who else is big out there? I mean, Dansby. We so have it's Lynn it's Ford. Rodon and Bassett are the two big starting the, the pitchers. Um, Dansby is the shortstop. Position players still out there. Correa, Correa, Dansby. Yeah. So it's not the field is thinned out, but there's still plenty of talent available. It's just yeah. the Mets have an answer for pretty much everything now. So we got Guillaume still for depth. Yep. Um, You've got who? Who are who's our outfield? We need some outfield depth. Yep. We need depth pieces, that, yeah. and they'll bring in quality. We, we need bullpen arms. We need depth in the in the infield and outfield, and maybe another couple of roster invites in the rotation. We'll see. They did the hard part, though. The hard part seems like it's done. Pretty cool. I mean, I I, I can't imagine an off season going better. I really can't. I mean, we were so ecstatic last off season, mm-hmm. which was considerably longer drawn out because of the lockout. And this all happened in like the span of eight or nine days. And they, everything they did was just, I have no, I have really no complaints, which is shocking. So the, you know, DeGrom not being in a, in a, in a Mets uniform is going to be tough. Yeah. That's, that's it. But that's not a complaint. This is, that's probably an, an organization and a player deciding, you know, I think it's best if we both kind of see other people. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, whereas. There's an amicable, amicable breakup. Yeah. Cause the Rangers would prefer to have Jacob deGrom over the slew of pitchers that we have. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think it's beneficial for, for both sides. I really don't see a, a better a better off season. I agree. The only thing, I mean, if we, I, I don't know, we got Nimmo back, which was huge. That would have been, I think, a backbreaker. Yeah. Uh, because you you lose such a familiar personality on top of your leadoff and center fielder. You could have made things work. It would have been fine. We would have wielded or fielded an, a, a very competitive team. But having Nimmo back just feels like the the right move to make. So yeah. I think that's that's all I got on our guy. I think that's it. Yeah, man. Um, very exciting. By the way, I've seen it spelled so Kodai K O D A I. Yeah, right. Right. I've seen it spelled with a U. I think it's something occasion. about the American translation of the name. And on major reports, it's been K O D A I. But on his Baseball Reference and some of the Japanese stat pages. There's a U in the middle, so I'm not really sure. Sure, in his intro, we'll get some explanation and some definitive answers. But yeah. can I just say that Kodai Senga is also a badass it's name? It's a sick name. It's a sick right? name. Like, also, that's, that's a guy. Even also, if I didn't know, I'll be like, that's somebody. <laughs> and what are they going to do w- with these press conferences? Is it going to be like 12 guys in a row on a table all getting introduced at the same time? Like, there's so, wait, they have so many to schedule now. I mean, who who we got left? 
I mean, you have to introduce Robertson. You have to introduce Senga. You have to, I guess, reintroduce Nimmo. That's a that's an eight year deal. They haven't had it. I know he was Verlander. You got to introduce. Oh, okay. Yeah, probably Quintana. has to go through the physical, all that kind of stuff. Senga's going to probably be a little bit because sure. I imagine he's still in Japan. That's a lot of press um, conferences. A lot of press. Yeah, I mean, again, <laughs> that's more excitement, more things to cover. Absolutely. Um, we got some merch to make. Yeah, we got to get on our Kodai Senga merch. I have some ideas. I got to think. I got to put my thinking cap on and try to figure ideas. out what we got because i want to i mean i'm wearing i'm wearing the, the yeah i slacked sweatshirt. today i slacked perfect today. sweater weather by the way um i want to think of something exciting for for kodai we'll think of something we'll get we something got nemo back yeah, i don't know we gotta we gotta put something together absolutely well maybe after this episode we'll get we'll get our ideas flowing yeah sounds good all right guys all right. Uh, don't know next time we'll see you. It could be tomorrow. Yeah. It could be. Oh, a uh, please tag your, your, your Kodai Sega yeah. video. Jolly Thanks. did a, on his YouTube, did a deep dive 15 minutes, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get a little bit further in depth on who Kodai Sega is. We should have covered that. We'll jump that on the front, but sure. you should watch that. I did. It's, it's very exciting. Um, you learn a little bit, uh, more and it's it's a fun watch and you get to hear the sultry voice oh, of, come on. of Jolly Olive. Come on. Also, if you just want to see him in action, plenty of highlights in that video. Yeah, analysis of his pitch repertoire. You can see like the that. the fork ball. Yeah, that's were you a, calling it a ghost fork? That's what it, that's what he calls it, ghost fork oh. ball. Yeah, because it disappears. I mean, that's again like the overlay is crazy. Fork? I don't know. He's just a badass dude. I'm so excited. Right. So excited. All right. Cool. All right, guys. All right, thank you. Let's go Mets. See you soon.